With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here for another episode of The Standard. Is the standard you can catch us live on YouTube by searching BTSC Steelers Radio or on iTunes by searching The Standard is the Standard. With me, as always, my co-host. This is our fourth season, I believe, doing this. Lance Williams, how's it going, my friend? Hey, man, I'm doing great, Jeff. I thought you were going to say this is our fourth episode in the last four months, but... you would have been accurate. That would have been. I think we've done four episodes in four months. Well, you right. know, hey, that's four more than we did last year. So I'll call that an improvement. Um, it is. And um, I do want to say, hey, we took a couple weeks off. I took a couple weeks off from doing the other shows, um, just recharging the batteries because training camp starts next week. There has been a lot of news since the last time we were on the air. I want to get your thoughts, Lance, on the Le'Veon Bell situation. We both predicted this would happen. But as it happened last year, contract details were leaked. Whether those contract details are 100% accurate, we have no idea. But if the contract report that Ian Rappaport said, we're talking $70 million, I forget how many guaranteed, uh, how many that was guaranteed. If that was truth, what do you think about that? Do you think Le'Veon Bell's nuts or, or what? Well, I mean, yeah, I think he's a little bit nuts to walk away from $30 million guaranteed over the next two years. I think it was reported it was $15 million a year. However, and I think where fans get mixed up is, I mean, that's his right. I mean, we've all made decisions based on money, location, happiness, whatever. And as long as they're justified to the individual, then it is the decision. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. It's disappointing as Steeler fans that this is probably the last year that the Steelers will have the premier running back in the National Football League. But, you know, Alvin Kamara's can be found. And so, you know, that's the beauty about the running back position is you may not find a Le'Veon Bell, but you can find productive players in every draft. There's a history of it in the National Football League, and they're just going to have to move forward. But we thought last year that when he didn't take that deal, that that was it, that that deal was awesome. And, and I guess Le'Veon wants to, you know, set the market and explode it, actually. And it's just not going to happen. I think the Steelers are going to be better for it. I don't think you should invest that much in a running back uh, just because of the nature of injuries with the position. But, you know, the sides couldn't agree. And I think, you know, they're going to part ways. I agree with you. I think that the Steelers are going to be better for it, mainly from a salary cap perspective. They're right up against the cap. Think about it. He goes in in free agency, and depending on what they do in free agency, they could be looking at a very high compensatory draft pick 
for him leaving, as well as at least $14.5 million now freed up in cap space. That'll give them flexibility to maybe pick up a free agent running back uh, to get some defensive playmakers, which we talked about in the last episode that they're lacking. Um, do you... <sighs> Do you believe in hometown discounts? And a lot of people said that, you know, Le'Veon Bell, because he should see that the nucleus is there in Pittsburgh, wanting to win a championship. Do, do you believe that hometown discounts should be a thing with professional athletes? Or do you think it's, hey, you get as much as you can, why you can, because it's going to be gone before you know it? I'll answer it this way. C stands for Charles. T stands for Thomas. And E stands for Ernie. In a sport where you have CTE, in a sport in which your career is very short, in football, you have to get every nickel because you can literally be killed on any snap. And you could be you're being hit in your head so many times that you just might be cuckoo for cocoa puffs when it's all said and done. So in the, in football, you have to get every nickel. In basketball, because you have guaranteed contracts and because contracts are so much more, and in baseball, you may be able to take a, a, a hometown discount because you probably have gotten paid so much money by the time you're at that point in your career where you can take a hometown discount. But in football, you absolutely have to get every nickel. Yeah. No, I agree. And so the Le'Veon Bell thing has been beaten to death. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Let's switch gears a little bit now. James Harrison today was at FS1, um, <laughs> and he was on multiple shows. Uh, he was on... Uh, the Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp show, I believe that's called Undisputed. He then yeah. went on The Herd with Colin Cowherd later. And, of course, everyone is asking James about your time in New England compared to your time in Pittsburgh. No one asked about Cincinnati, but I guess that's usual for the Bengals. Anyways, I wanted to know – I sent you the article that we ran on the website. You watched the clip. I want to know what your thoughts were. No one, I don't think, let's, let's, let me preface this. I don't think anyone's saying that what he said was false. Right. I don't think anyone's saying, oh my gosh, you're, you're nuts. Mike Tomlin's better. No, Mike Tomlin can't beat Belichick. Belichick's won several Super Bowls. Mike Tomlin hasn't. I don't think anyone's debating that. I guess what I'm trying to say is, what were your thoughts in the basis of what he said in regards to how it shines a light on Tomlin as a coach? Well, one, let me ask you, was he promoting really big shirts? Did you notice how big <laughs> shirt was? I mean, that was a really big, bright shirt. I mean, James Harrison with a fuchsia shirt and a high-pitched voice, <laughs> and the guy can squat like 7 million pounds. First of all, I, I thought that was, was pretty funny. I, I will say this. I, I thought what he was going to say was going to be worse than what it was, but I, I think, honestly – I don't think it was that bad, but I think the criticisms were fair because we have seen the Steelers be not really a focused team, particularly down the stretch, and at odd times have significant behavioral issues from guys all across the roster. Now, I thought it was going to be more so he doesn't know football, you know, he can't draw up schemes and so on. So that was, I thought he was going to really rip his acumen. But I think to his point of managing players, I think that's legitimate. I mean, we've both coached. I think it's I think it's harder to do. It's easier to say harder to do because I think players of a certain ilk are going to push you in certain ways 
because of what they do for teams and how they produce. Now, that's on you to manage it in a certain way, but I, I, I think it is a fault of Tomlin's in terms of the disciplinary aspect, and, and I think he can rein those guys again, particularly with the social media policy and Martavis Bryant. Some of that stuff rubbed me the wrong way. The other thing, the Antonio Brown doing the Facebook Live stuff in the locker room, like some of that stuff has to get honed in. I mean, you've got to lock in and be focused about what you're going to do. And some of these distractions, I think Tomlin does allow to fester and allow to enter his sphere uh, of the team in terms of what they're trying to do to prepare to win a Super Bowl. I mean, hell, I mean, he gets beat by Belichick all the time. He should be doing something different. Yeah, I, I, I didn't post this uh, segment. He hadn't been on Colin Cowherd yet. If you haven't checked it out, go on your Twitter. Just search Find Colin the Herd with Colin Cowherd, and you'll see the video segments right there at the top. And he goes into a little bit more detail about the football side of things. He talks about the plans that Bill Belichick and his coaching staff put together are better, that the New England coaching staff won't ask players to do something that they know the player on the field is not that good at. In other words, when you say that, you're saying that in Pittsburgh, they have guys doing things that they shouldn't be. Right. And then he even goes out to say that the communication isn't as good from coaching staff to players, that the defense at times in Pittsburgh, they would have two different calls on the field. And so the defense would look bad because half of the defense is running one defense and the other half is running the other. To me, this is, I, I don't blame James Harrison for doing what he's doing. He's probably trying to extend his career in terms of getting around the game, talking about the game. But at the same time, I look at it and say, this is a huge cut on Mike Tomlin. I know you're a player's coach and I know players love to play for you. But at the same time, when you have, a Pittsburgh legend, regardless of how he left, he is a legend in, in Pittsburgh. Say these things about the way you handle your business, that's a bad look, in my opinion. That's a really bad look. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, look, I mean, I think we know the way they left, it wasn't going to be rosy. And I think you could probably chalk up some of the comments to that. But there is some credence to it. He was there. This isn't speculation. So, you know, if he's saying that there were two different defensive calls that are coming in, you know, that type of stuff has to get cleaned up. And that has nothing to do with X's and O's. That has to do with how you are executing as a coach when the bullets are being fired. And if that is still happening, then, you know, this is a team that is going to struggle when they meet teams that are highly organized and highly structured and who have Tom Brady who uses TB12 but eats clean, but it's still a fat guy. <laughs> you, you, hey, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing, look, You said it earlier. We both coached, right? If I'm like, I get, I'm, I'm so, I get so angry when I watch the clips of, of Harrison, and I'm not mad at Harrison. I'm mad because my favorite football team isn't being controlled the right way. Because, right. Let's be honest. You've coached. I've coached at the high school level. Anyone that's coached high school or above, if you're a head coach, you have to make it clear to your staff and to your players that you are the final say. Right. And 
I always go back to, and I was on the treadmill the other day, I was finishing up my workout, and I was looking on YouTube for like a 15-minute video. What did I find? I'm a glutton for punishment. It was the last 15 minutes of the Patriots-Steelers game in week 15 without any... You are. You are a Well, I, I stopped it after the Jesse James touchdown. But anyways, I kept on thinking about the scene where Mike Tomlin is yelling at Todd Haley, we've got to get two plays, we've got to get two plays, and it didn't happen. That's... Uh, Ugh, that's so frustrating. He's not managing his team properly. And James Harrison's shining a light on that. I really hope Mike Tomlin doesn't cl- just dismiss this. And I'm sure he is. He can't listen to that noise. But at the same time, I hope that he hears this and sees this is public. And this is oh, this is out there. My gosh, you've got to get things focused if you want to win a Super Bowl. Well, th- this is where ownership steps in, I think. And I don't know if they respond to what James Harrison is saying. But this is where ownership has to ask tough questions. Why can't we get over the hump? We're drafting the players that you want us to draft. We're giving them them to you to coach. We're signing the guys that you want to retain. We're giving you everything to win. We have all these incredible players on offense. Sure, defense is catching up. But why are we making these type of mistakes continually? I mean, why is it happening? So this is when ownership has to hold the coach and his fan and his fanny to the flame, so to speak, and really hold the coach more accountable as well, because he's not going to listen to a guy that was angry on the way out, that you know left the Cincinnati Bengal game, and so on and so forth. But there were some other funny things in that interview, and some of the things he said about Brady, which you, you kind of take it with a grain of salt, but some of the stuff is absolutely damaging, like you said, or very damning to Tomlin and his management of the team. Praising Brady at the one time, on the other hand, he's saying Brady cheated against him. I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. You know, he, he got 86% of our blitz calls right. I thought he was cheating, but he's the most prepared guy ever. So, you know, Steeler fans take it with a grain of salt, but I, but I think it's a unique opportunity to get behind the curtain because I don't think you're going to hear players be as candid as James Harrison has was during this press tour. And speaking of Colin Cowherd, I will never listen to Colin Cowherd because <laughs> Colin Cowherd is a crook, and I, I will say it here: he has taken several of my takes and used them as his own without giving any proper credit. So if you do a small show, don't be surprised if Colin Cowherd will take your material and your take and use it on his show, him and Dan Patrick. So Uh, I like Dan Patrick. Anyways, um, I digress. So James Harrison's making waves. It's not a shock, but the funny thing is, is that all this will kind of go on the wayside in a less than a week when the Pittsburgh Steelers report to St. Vincent College in Latrobe, July 25th is when all players report, rookies report on the 24th. Uh, you know, they'll do their typical run test. There's no Casey Hampton on the team this year, so everyone should pass <laughs> that. And um, and then they'll be ready to go. And it, it's it's interesting. I had to do a, a short little interview the other day, and they, I was asked about the health of the football team. And let's be honest, other than Gerald Hawkins and um, – the tight end, I forget his name. He was probably not going to make the roster. They're both done for the season with with injuries. They're pretty healthy. So um, we'll see how that goes. Training camp's coming up. But we decided to do a little true or false game. Now, Lance was sending me questions via text message. 
I then took those questions, added a few, came up with five, and I put them on the website behindthesteelcurtain.com. And on the website, fans could vote for whether they thought it was true or false. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through these and we're going to answer them, true or false, what we believe, explain ourselves. And then I'm going to go to the site and say what the fans think. And we've had a great response. There's been almost 1,500 voters on every single one of these questions today. And so I'm not saying the fans are correct, but we're just getting a pulse of Steeler Nation. So Lance, are you ready? I'm ready, but before we jump into it, I got a small true or false, because I've always been confused about it. Is it Latro or Latro? I think it depends on where you are. Um, I've always said Latrobe, but I think people that are from that western Pennsylvania area might say Latrobe. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, I know that so. I know that St. Vincent College Saint is never abbreviated ST period. It's always spelled out Saint. Saint, yes, yes. Yeah. That that is correct. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Number one. True or false, Ben Roethlisberger is still a top ten quarterback in the National Football League. Lance go. No, he is not. I I agree to an extent that Ben Roethlisberger is highly supported by a superior offensive personality or personnel, I should say. And let me give you my, my 10 in no particular order. It's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck. And you might put an asterisk on Luck because Luck has not played in a while. Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford, and Russell Wilson. If there's one guy on that list, the obvious that you could take out of that list, it would be Andrew Luck just because he hasn't played in a while. But when you look at that top 10 list, that's an incredible list. Russell Wilson, maybe you could take out of the list. But what Russell Wilson does with that offensive line in Seattle it, it is Harry Houdini, Hocus Pocus, magical stuff. He might be the only guy that could get anything out of that offense with that offensive line. I think Ben is a still a very good player. I think he's good enough to win you a Super Bowl. I think he's good enough to win you playoff games. But has Ben a top 10, definite top 10 guy? I don't know. I'm going to say 11 with a hot bullet. You said false is what you said. Yes. And I say true because I'm sorry, I would never put a, a player like Cam Newton ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, because what I look for in quarterback play is consistency. And Cam Newton is one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks in the league today. He's dynamic, he's versatile, but he is not consistent. And that's also the knock on Roethlisberger at this stage of his career. You have these plays. Think back to the early portion. He got off to a really bad start last year. Um, think about the, the Cleveland game where they needed a huge first down and he threw it into double, almost triple coverage. And thankfully, Antonio Brown is good enough to bring down the football. Think to the Kansas City game. He throws what could have been a pick six, a game ceiling pick six. It goes through the defensive back's hands right into Antonio Brown and they score a touchdown. He throws five interceptions to the Jaguars. And so it's constantly this roller coaster. He needs to steady the ship. I'm sorry, but call me crazy. I don't need him to throw six touchdowns every week. Give me three with no interceptions, and I'll be just as happy. So I'm still, though, going to say that he's a top 10 quarterback. I would not have him in a top five, but I do think he's top 10. Now, according to the fans, 
This is a Steelers website, Lance. Come on, you should know this. <laughs> Overwhelming. 94% say <laughs> that it is true that Ben Roethlisberger is still a top 10 quarterback. Next, let's go to number two. The Steelers will win another Super Bowl with Mike Tomlin at the helm. True or false? Lance, go. Hell no. Not at all. No way. Do you say false? Absolutely. Absolutely false. Defense, unfortunately, Mike came in, Coach T, Mike Tomlin came in as a defensive guy. The defense has been, in the last five years, let's say, not to the Steelers' standard. Ben's getting old. Le'Veon Bell will be gone. Tom Brady still is pliable in taking TB12 electrolytes. They still can't beat the Patriots. No way. There's no way they're going to win a Super Bowl with Coach Tomlin. I think Coach Tomlin and Ben will be gone when the next Super Bowl is won. Okay. You see, you say false. I'm going to differ again. I'm going to say true. I think that the Steelers' defense is improving. Um, I feel like he kind of got, like you said, he's a defensive guy. He's had to go through a completely a complete defensive overhaul during his time in Pittsburgh. He's had all those cower, that great, 2000s defense and then they were all getting so old you know james ferrier larry foot uh troy palomalu ryan clark and he had to put all those pieces back together you can't always do that um i do like some of the offensive pieces that he has that are coming up like james washington um some of the linemen that they drafted and the line is a concern i think this team is still going to be a contender for years to come and i do think he is going to have a team that's good enough to get back and win a Super Bowl, maybe sooner than later. I'm going to say true. And the homers at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, they agree with me. <laughs> 77% of the voters well, say... Well, of course. Well, of course. I mean, we... Well, actually, to be honest with you, there's a ton of Tomlin haters on the website. And 77% um, said true, but there was a 23% obviously said false, that they would not win under Mike Tomlin. So and we know. I mean, I mean, if you guys have listened to this show, I mean, you know how we're, how this typically goes. Jeff is joy. I'm not. So, exactly. you know, but I'm going to shock you guys with, with, with a couple of answers, I think. I think you already have, but we'll, we'll continue. Um, number three, Pittsburgh will trade Le'Veon Bell before the season. Now, I did preface this before the poll on the website that if for this to happen, it would have to be a – tongue-in-cheek, nudge-nudge, sign-and-trade deal because he has to sign his franchise tender before he can be traded. So a team would have to offer Pittsburgh something they would have to accept. They'd have to tell Bell, hey, here's the deal. You sign this, you'll get a lot of money. You're going to trade you, and then they would have to sign it over. So um, Lance, true or false, Le'Veon Bell will be traded before the start of the 2018 regular season. False, but they are going to they're going to bury Foster him. I mean, I mean, that's what they're going to do. They, they, they are going to get all of their $15 million worth this year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get 45 touches or something ridiculous like that, but he is going to get his workload. They are going to get that one-year $15 million worth. So uh, I don't think they're going to trade him, but – uh, they're going to try to knock some of that, you know, some of the, you know, rust off. What is it? Rust off the varnish, varnish. I don't know. Varnish, rust, whatever. <laughs> that, they're going to try to use him up. They're going to get all they can. They're going to get all the juice for the squeeze. Oh, he's getting Willie Parker treatment, man. They're running the wheels off of that guy this year. False. There's no way they trade him. 
they would they would have to be a team that offers them a king's ransom for them to go into a season that is essentially Super Bowl or bust without their one of their most prolific offensive playmakers. There's a lot of people out there that want him traded. Um, not a ton. Uh, only 198 votes said true that he would be traded. That's only 15%. 85% agreed with us and said false. He will not be traded before the regular season. So calmer heads or cooler heads prevail, so to speak. Now, number four. This was one that I added. Didn't really talk with you about it, but I said this true or false. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense will finish top 10 in the NFL this season. True or false. Lance, go. And what? Overall defense. Point scored? Over, overall defense. So they take all the stats. You know, that's what they always say, you know, an overall defense. They look at points allowed, rush defense, all that. Hell um, no. Now they were last year. I'm just saying, just I don't want last year to influence this year, but they were a top 10 defense last year. No, middle of the pack. Okay, so you say false. I, I, I still think they have not. We'll see. I, I think still think that, you know, I don't know if you – it's going to be very tough to replace uh, Ryan Shazier. It's just I, – I think new off – you know, new defensive coordinator – or not new defensive coordinator, but, you know, new personnel, kind of a new scheme. I, I don't know. I, no. I'm going to say no. Definitely false. Okay. I think there'll be a top 15. Top 10, no. Can't, I, don't, I don't see it. This was a tough one for me, and it was also a tough one for our voters. This was, I, I believe, the toughest. Yes, it was the closest margin in terms of the voting. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say true because I believe in the secondary. Okay, that I, I think no, I, I agree with the, <laughs> I, I agree with a lot of the things that you said about the inside linebacker position. I do like the defensive front. Um, I think that Tuit and Hayward and Hargrave are solid, they have good depth there with Walton and Alu Alu. I like the secondary with Hilton and Sutton and Burns and Hayden and, and even safeties with Morgan Burnett and Terrell Edmonds, who's been getting good reports, and um, obviously Sean Davis. I think that this defensive secondary, it's just all about the middle. And I think they're going to be good enough to be a top 10. I'm not saying top tier, not saying top five, not saying top three. I think they could be a top 10 defense. And 59% of the voters actually agreed with me and said that they – believe that the Steelers will be a top 10 defense this year in the National Football League with 41% saying false. They don't see it happening. So you actually had a lot of people on your side on the pessimistic side. Okay, can I ask a spinoff to that? Sure, go for it. Real quick, just hit it real quick. Uh, will they be a top 10 run defensive unit? False. Run stopping unit? False. I agree. I think that if I think it, I think if this defense can be really, really good, it's going to have to take the football away. Uh, they're going to have to be more of a ball hawking team, causing fumbles, getting sacks, which they did last year. Um, but I don't see them being a run stuffing group at all. So they're too light. They're going to play too light. Yeah. They're going to play a lot of dime. They're going to be too light to really stop the run. So I, I agree with you on the false. Yep. First and second down will be huge for this defense because you have to put them in a, an obvious passing situation on third down. So anyways, um, let's go to number five, our final one. Randy Feetner, the new offensive coordinator, will come closer to the old 30-point-per-game goal than Todd Haley ever did while he was in Pittsburgh. So 
I went back and I listed since 2012 when Haley was hired. He, in 2012, 21 points per game was the average. 2013, 23.7. 2014, 2015, 25.4. 2016, 24.4. 2017, 26.4. So my question was, true or false, Randy Randy Fiedner's offense will get closer to 30 points per game than Haley did during his time in Pittsburgh. Hell no. False. Absolutely false. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. No. Uh Uh-uh. If they average 27 a game, I'll be shocked. It's the quarterback. Ben has always been inconsistent in the red zone. It's a function of how he plays not on time in, in certain spots. He's not that rhythm and timing guy all the time. And I think because he's a little bit inconsistent in that part of his game, it really impacts them in the red zone. And I still don't know if they have an adequate red zone target as Jeff. Uh, what you looking at, man? Yeah. Uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going for, I, I'm going false. Okay. I'm going to uh, go with true because I think that they do have a red zone target. I think they have several red zone targets. James Washington, if he's done anything in college, has proven that he can be rookie. a the rookie. I know. Juju Smith-Schuster is a red zone genius. Hey, that's where he thrived last year. Vance McDonald, if he can stay healthy, is going to be a really good red zone target. And Jesse James is good in the red zone as well. But the question is comes down to the quarterback. That's what it always comes down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Steelers don't run the ball enough in the red zone. They don't right. run it well enough in the red zone. And because of that, they struggle. So I do think they're going to score more points this year. So, so let me let me Go tease ahead. it. So so you're saying like 28 points a game. You know, you're saying more because they basically had 27 last. So you're saying 28 points a game. Yeah, if they got to 28. That's awesome. Look, I'm not expecting 30. There's very few teams in the modern and recent National Football League standards. I think the Atlanta Falcons that went to the Super Bowl were the last team to average 30 points per game. That was no, two Patriots, years ago. Patriots did it that one year. They went 16 and 0. No, 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 no. I'm saying that two years ago was the last. Oh, okay. Team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I'm not saying it hasn't yeah. been done. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. it's not, it's not commonplace. Yeah. It's tough. I think a lot of that is scheme. I mean, when you don't have a guy that you can just throw it up to when a scheme doesn't work, it gets tough down there. And as good as AB is, AB's not that guy physically. So, I, so I think it gets tough. So I think you got you have to really trick guys and scheme guys down there, and sometimes you just don't win with talent, you know, inside the ten that you can get out schemed there because of the condensed field. So, but if they score twenty six points a game, I mean, it, this team is going to win a bunch of games. I don't even know if they have to score thirty. You score twenty six, twenty seven, just by sheer number of points, your defense can stink, and you're going to win a bunch of games. I'm going to say right now on air that the Steelers will average over 27 points per game this year, which would make this true, which is why I'm saying true. And 77% of the loyal behind the steel curtain followers agree with me (laughs) because they're all geniuses. So there you have it. That was our fact or fiction or true. Jeff, Jeff, let let me pause you. Let me pause you. This is, this is, this is so good to me. I'm going to ask you one that I just (laughs) thought up. As we were talking about it, uh-huh. will Mason Rudolph play four games, will start or appear 
in four games next season. Well, you can't say the question. You have to have a statement to be true or false. So you're saying Mason Rudolph will play in four more games next year. That's false. Yes. I think Ben Roethlisberger, the past protection has been good. Um, he's learning how to manage his body and ha- his style of play better. Um, I don't think that happens at all. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think Ben, the way he plays now, and, and he does get it out as an option to lay beyond that, that Ben will play. I mean, if Ben only started 12 games, excuse me, 12 games, I'd be shocked. But let me say this. If something happens to Roethlisberger, let's say he – just like in uh, 2005 when he got rolled up on in San Diego on Monday Night Football and he missed all those games. on the before, well, That was the year they won Super Bowl Forty. If something happens and he's done for the year, they better play Mason Rudolph. Because I really have no interest in seeing Landry Jones go on the football field, well, really for anything. We know what he can do. Put Mason Rudolph out there. Let's see what the kid can do. Sling the rock around. I'm actually looking forward to that. Yes. No, Why would you no. play Landry Jones? Landry because Jones is has your only one. Over. No, your season's no, over. Your season's over. Exactly. 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 So why not play? No, no way. No way. No. Uh-uh. 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 You gotta... back, hold on. Time out. Go back to Landry Jones' most notable wins. I think about a win over the Raiders at Heinz Field and a win over the Cardinals at Heinz Field. And what had happened in both of those games, Martavis Bryant saved his booty for making ridiculous catch and runs. There were passes that I could have thrown. Now, I have a pretty decent arm, but I could have made that pass, <laughs> and Martavis Bryant did everything else, and everyone's like, oh, but Andrew Jones has two two wins as a starter, and he also looked like crap in Kansas City that year. Remember the Bengals playoff game in 2015 where he came in? Do you remember that? Where he just threw a pick? out of? Like, he's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Well, then the, the the third round pick is even worse. That's fine. Guy, That's fine. Has, I can't vacate the season now. But but to your point, if Ben you, got hurt and they said Ben was out ten to twelve weeks, well, it's a competition at that point because my season is over. If Ben is hurt, if they say Ben is out four weeks. You got to play Landry Jones. Yeah, I get goes, that. I agree with that. That's yeah, why I said that, long term. I said long term injury. If it's a long term injury, I agree with you because I your season's you. over anyways. So what yeah, the I hell? agree with you. I don't. Need no one's buying. Yeah, nobody's buying Landry Jones uh, jerseys. No, no one because he sucks. Okay, anyways, well, <laughs> I digress. We'll we'll get into that discussion again. I'm sure when training camp starts. But anyways, the last question I had for you. This is not true or false. We're wrapping up that segment is that it was released. Uh, we actually had the leak of this, believe it or not, behind oh. the scenes did, that Antonio Brown was on the cover of Madden 19. Simple question, simple answer. Do you believe in the Madden curse? And when you heard, were you thinking, oh, damn, we can't lose Antonio Brown this year? No, I don't, I don't believe in curses or anything like that, so no. If he okay. gets hurt, it's, it, it, you play football, you get hurt. Uh, it just so happened that TB12 with the electrolytes and the pliability was on the cover, the GOAT edition, and he did not get hurt. So maybe you have to be Tom Brady with about 7% body fat and eat avocado ice cream. No, he doesn't have 7 He's probably like 27% body fat and he eats avocado ice cream. So maybe avocado ice cream and Giselle are the trick to staying healthy. Well, AB's got plenty of women, so maybe it's a lot of women um, and avocado ice cream are the keys to 
not getting hurt while being on the cover of Madden. But leave it to him. He's a me guy. He'll do it, and you know he'll send the calls up or you know whatever he does. Yeah. Or, he hey he's a he's only the second Steeler to ever be on the cover. If you think back to Madden ten, it was when Troy Polamalu and yeah. Larry Fitzgerald run it in that year was hell for Palomalu. That was when he had the MCL sprain early in the season, tore his PCL towards the end. It was bad. It was a bad year for number 43. So that's depressing. But anyways, um, on a on a better note, um, do you have anything to add before we send it off for the evening? No, I was going to say something about the Dolphins and their discipline policy with the, the anthem. But no, no, but I don't. I, I'm, I'll digress. I'll, I'll leave that alone. Uh, but me, I, I may I may come back to that as the season as the season starts. Well, let me speak for all of our listeners when we thank you for leaving yes. that topic off on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yes, I'll, I'll. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let me say something real quick, and this is about the upcoming slate of content for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We will be back for training camp, the start of training camp. Um, we're going to have some training camp battle talk. Uh, training camp battles we're looking for who we think is going to win who we think is going to make the roster all that good stuff will be coming up hopefully next week and on top of that leading up to training camp the rookies report Wednesday on Thursday when the guys are just rolling into camp that's when we start the behind the steel curtain.com training camp confidential it's three days of non-stop content so while other newspapers and websites have already given you all the boring stuff we pack it all into three days, give it to you one. It's really cool. It's one of my favorite features of the website. I strongly encourage you to check it out. We've got everything from schedule breakdowns to roster predictions, you name it. So make sure you yeah, check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And I like the uh, little feature that you guys are doing about the uh, roster and breaking it down by position group. But, Jeff, you know what? I heard a little birdie gave me some intel because you know how the players come in these different vehicles and stuff in the first mm-hmm. day. You know how – you know, Antonio Brown AB famously had the Rolls Royce with his yep. autograph on it. I heard he was going to take it up another notch. I heard he was coming to camp on a flying carpet. <laughs> that's but, something that's something Juju Smith Schuster would do. That AB is going to be on a flying carpet. Oh good lord. Wow. I, I hated I hated when Debo showed up in a fire truck. I hated when Brett Kiesel showed up in a tractor. Can't you just show up and just go to work? I mean, I don't no. know. They, no, they can't. No, they can't. They no, want no, the no. attention. I get it. So, no, anyways. No. Building anyways. brands. Building yeah. brands. Absolutely. Hey, I thank you for your time, Lance. I always appreciate it. Uh, thank you, listeners. If you didn't know we had a YouTube channel, check us out there, BTSC Steelers Radio. Follow us on iTunes. The standard is the standard. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Check it out.